What is an international criminal law and justice program? Let's learn from our admissions department with Sarah Dorner and Professor Buzz Schur. This is Inside Law Admissions, a special series of the podcast, The Legal Impact, presented by UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. Now accepting applications for JD and graduate programs. Learn more at law.unh.edu. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or host and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire and UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. All right, start off with quick. Sarah, what is your role? So my role is as the Director of Graduate and International Admissions. So for the International and Criminal Law and Justice Program, I oversee admissions for that program. And Buzz, you have a leadership role with this program. I am the founder and chair of the uh, ICLJ is the acronym, the ICLJ program. It's been in place for getting close to seven years now. And it offers master's degrees and LLMs in international criminal law. So what sort of students would be interested in a program like this? Oh, a lot of different students, Uh, international students, domestic students, students involved in government, uh, working at the CIA, the NSA, the Defense Department, State Department, law enforcement personnel from around the world, um, uh, be it in local police departments or er large urban police departments. Um, It really, those who are interested in working in international nonprofits, um, it's a really uh, – the program has a, a broad scope about it and, and fits a lot of different groups. So if you touch any aspect of the criminal justice system at all or are in, interested in international relations, there can also be a relevant impact. Very much so. I mean, uh, you know, it really is a program, program primarily in uh, transnational crime and to some extent in also international human rights. Uh, you know, transnational crime is a crime that – occurs across borders. And, you know, as our, uh, as the world economy becomes, uh, you know, the globe uh, becomes a global economy that everybody's a part of, you know, international crime follows uh, and transnational crime follows, you know, it could be, could be cybercrime, could be human trafficking uh, in the form of labor trafficking or sex trafficking could be piracy, terrorism, uh, it could be white, international white-collar crime, it could be any of those things. And um, they're all a special set of issues when law enforcement, for example, is trying to uh, prosecute cases across borders. Uh, it gets very complicated very quickly, and this is a very practical program to educate professionals who bump up against those areas uh, in a very straightforward and practical way. So, Sarah, can you give some examples of specific students that uh, you've encountered that were that ended up going into this program? Yeah, so in our LLM program, we're typically seeing uh, domestic and foreign trained attorneys um, entering into that program. Um, and with a variety of different legal backgrounds, prosecutors, defenders, really a, a range of, of students. And, and the master's program, so these are students who have a bachelor's degree, but not necessarily a bachelor's degree um, in law. So they're often coming from criminal justice programs, certainly. And I think, as, as Buzz mentioned, human rights backgrounds, uh, nonprofit and, and government organizations. So it really, truly is a, a range of students that we're seeing. Uh, including, you know, 
local police officers. I mean, transnational crime can hit. Uh, you know, one of our professors uh, was talking to a group of uh, people who'd been to the uh, FBI's National Academy uh, a few weeks ago, and he was describing a case that involved a uh, North Country, New Hampshire solo police officer breaking an uh, open an international uh, drug ring. And that was in, I think, Conway or uh, somewhere in Bartlett, New Hampshire. So it's not confined to big cities on the borders. It's, you know, human trafficking issue in the Midwest as much as it is on the coast. And we've talked about multiple times on the podcast where you, you end up touching upon subjects that are digital, where basically any police department in the world could have some sort of impact on the other side of the world. Exactly. And so what that means, uh, to amplify uh, uh, Sarah's answer, we... You know, we have, we've had police officers, current police officers, ex-police officers. Currently, have we've had somebody from the NSA in the program in the past. Uh, we have uh, FBI special special agent in the program right now. Um, so it's really uh, it's wonderfully diverse domestic and international student body. Military as well, I should add. I don't yeah. know we we've touched upon that, but um, students from National Guard and all different elements of, of military. Why would someone enter this program? What would it do for their career? It gives them a uh, unique profile when they go out to either try to get a promotion within their department, if it's a police officer um, or a nonprofit or a government agency, or if they want to switch to something new. Uh, you know, they want to move from uh, a small city to a big city police department or, or want to work in a, in a U.S. attorney's office. Um, it there's no, there's almost no international criminal law and justice programs in the United States. Certainly focused on transnational law, uh, and we're to boot we're the uh, we're the only online program that focuses on transnational crime. So uh, it's really a unique uh, item on your resume, and when you're trying to trade up to a, a better job with. A, broader scope of activity, uh, it really uh, singles you out as somebody uh, that's got a lot to offer that's different. Now, what sort of careers have you seen the graduates of this program move into? Uh, we've seen them work. You know, one of our graduates from uh, Africa has really continued to develop a nonprofit organization that he started. Uh, we've had people in the governments of uh, foreign countries advance. Uh, we had a uh, prosecutor in California who bumped up to a, a prosecutor's job in a much bigger city uh, by virtue of this. So the, in a sense, it's as much as uh, it's as much a mid-career uh, program as it is an early career program. Uh, it allows people to distinguish themselves in the middle of their career. Many police officers, you know, to keep moving up in the hierarchy, they need a master's degree. This is a master's degree that, again, gives them a unique profile. Yeah, more and more people nowadays have an undergraduate degree that are going into to, um, the police force or any form of law enforcement. And a lot of departments require you to have that nowadays. So yep. to be able to have that leg up is very important. 
I would add too, you know, from the uh, on the admission side of the house, we we are seeing students kind of straight from their undergraduate or their law degree, all the way through. We had a retired judge apply um, this semester, so I think the degree is helpful if you're looking to advance in your career, but it's also helpful if you're maybe you're already where you want to be, but just want to have those credentials or that deeper knowledge. Say someone's going to apply to the program, they want to know what the program's actually like. What is it? Part time? Is it full time? Is it online? Is it in person? It's part-time, it's full-time, it's online, it's not in person. It's the short answers. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's a very flexible program. It's, it's asynchronous. That is, you don't need to be online at the same time as your professor is. It's organized on a week-by-week module basis where you, you, know, you have to get assignments in usually by the end of the week. Uh, but it's not as if you need to do them all. You need to be online from 2 to 5 on any particular day. It's, 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 you have flexibility that way. If you're working, you can you – for the master's degree, you can take up to five years uh, to get that, which is loosely close to just one course a semester. Uh, we really have designed it. Uh, with working people in mind. That's why it's asynchronous. Uh, it also is asynchronous because we uh, we don't want to worry about time zones. Yeah, You know, it's an international program. It's not just a domestic program, and we draw from around the world. So we've had students from Singapore, from various countries in Africa, from Europe, South America. So uh, we don't want to have a time zone problem. Yeah, how do the assignments look for those that are in it? Well, just to give an example, uh, I teach the survey course on international criminal law. And, you know, the, the, the module for the week will open up at 6 on Sunday evening. There'll be a reading assignment out of a textbook. Then there may be a, a small research assignment or a small writing assignment. There'll also be a discussion board that has a prompt. Uh, and every student is required to participate at least three times in the discussion board, which is never a problem. There are always very robust discussions. It's more a problem of slowing things down. <laughs> uh, people get so excited about it. Um, and then at the end of the semester in my course, there's a, a, a lengthier paper on a topic that I pick for them to, to save, save that concern. You work hard. Most students that... I have talked to, and the feedback we've gotten, even for people who have a law degree, always say, this is more work than when I was in law school. Um, and But they say, and it's way more practical than when I was in law school. They really, we, you know, it's taught by uh, a mix of practitioners, people who are in the business or were in the business. For example, the person who teaches course on the uh, uh, International Criminal Court, he prosecuted cases in front of the International Criminal Court for seven years. He, he, he's in Australia. Um, but, uh, he, you know, the person who teaches comparative criminal justice systems, he wrote the textbook on comparative criminal justice systems. And the person who teaches a course on drugs and weapons trafficking was a, a legal advisor in Kosovo for eight years for the uh, organization of security and community in, in Europe, a major nonprofit funded by the uh, European Union. Now, continuing off of that idea, I mean, what does the networking opportunities look like for students that are in this as well as the prospects for a career after? What sort of assistance does the program offer? Professors are always getting to know their students and talking to their students. Uh, you know, I've 
our uh, international white collar crime professor, uh, is working on a, a research project with uh, a student who's currently a special agent in the FBI. They've talked about places he can go. Um, we've had students talk with many of our professors, be it cybercrime or terrorism or um, any top human trafficking, about where the opportunities are now that they have this background. So uh, professors are really helpful in that way. I heard when I um, first started in this role, I connected with a couple of alumni of the program, and that was exactly the feedback that they were saying, is that even after they graduated, they continue to be in touch with their professors and with their classmates um, for um, networking, um, career advancement. I would add, too, that students in the program have access to the career services office that the law school offers. Um, so they're getting support with kind of, you know, the basics of resume, cover letter, um, interviewing skills, all of that, as well as access to the, you know, database of alumni we have who want to help our students get jobs. Huh. Say someone wants to apply. They've been sold on it from this conversation. What's the next steps and when would they be able to start the program? Yeah, so we offer two points of entry into the program. So spring entry, which is January. Um, so we are currently accepting applications now for the for the January start. Um, and then we also offer admission in the fall um, in August. So if students are looking to start in January, they'd want to, um, uh, the priority application deadline is November 15th with, with a final deadline of December 15th. So there's still plenty of time. Um, and then if they're looking to apply for the fall, they've got um, until July 1st for that priority application deadline. They can apply one of two ways. So they can apply directly through our website. We have an application um, available there. Or they can apply through the Law School Admissions Council. And that's law.unh.edu if you want to check out the website. So say someone is going to apply, what's it look like for cost and financial assistance? Yep. So our tuition rates are available on our website. Um, students have the ability, as Buzz mentioned before, to complete the program on a part-time or full-time schedule. So they're billed as they complete their, their courses. So they can take one course and pay for just that one course in a semester. Or if they've got the bandwidth, they can do more than that. We do offer scholarships of up to 20% uh, for, of the cost of tuition for the program. Um, and we recommend that if students do want to be considered for scholarships, that they apply by those priority applications deadlines. So again, for the spring, that's November 15th. And for the fall, that's July 1st. I would also add, if you are a graduate of the FBI's National Academy, uh, which, you know, there's thousands of police officers around the world, for that matter, who, um, who have gone through the FBI's National Academy, uh, we're willing to accept up to nine credits uh, towards your uh, master's or LLM degree. Uh, and there is a, also a discount that applies if you are a graduate of the FBI's National Academy. All right. If you're interested in learning more about the International Criminal Law and Justice Program, ICLJ, definitely check out law.unh.edu. And our admissions pages will offer all sorts of information and more information as well on the exact course offerings. Thanks for listening to The Legal Impact presented by UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. To upstart more about the show, please be sure to subscribe and comment on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast and Spotify.